This show is brought to you by Royal Menswear. Royal Menswear is renowned for its designer brands and exclusive collections. From casual to formal wear, made to measure suits as well as suit rental, drop into Royal Menswear in Tralee for both the relaxed and enjoyable shopping experience. Royal Menswear is the perfect place to find a casual or formal outfit for any occasion. Royal Menswear for men with style. Hello and you're welcome to the Backdoor Football Show. Delighted to be joined by former Tyrone footballer um, Owen Mulligan. Um, I suppose there's been a lot of drama in Tyrone um, in the last few weeks, I suppose. Owen, what have you made of it all? It definitely was. Um, personally, I thought Mickey should have got another year. Um, I know I've, I've probably slated him and uh, Paddy Power blogs and stuff like that there um, for getting bad results, but I think the year it was, I think he was probably right, um, to be honest with you. He didn't really get a fair crack at the, at the last, at the last, and they were, they were only pipped by Donegal um, by a couple of points at the end. They could have won it, they could have went either way. I think the forwards in the last 10 minutes had something like four or five chances. I think they should, he should have got possibly one more year to, to and then buy out of that. I think he had probably unfinished business. But saying that there, he's been around a long time. Um, he's, a, he's been at the throne helm. Well, I think it's 18 years. That's some going from minors under 21s. He always thrown not. But what do you make of the appointment of um, Brian Dewar coming in? Um, um, Brian Dewar. It's actually Fergal Logan and Brian Dewar. Yeah, um, uh, I don't. Re- I know. I know Fergal. I know Fergal very well. He's actually uh, he's bailed me out of court a couple of times. He's a solicitor um, for misbehaving. So. He's very good that way. I I know he took the under twenty ones, and the, the lads from Cookstown seem to appreciate what he was about. Um, I know he's a top man outside of football. I don't really know much about him in football circles. I know in ninety five he was in the All Ireland team that was beat. Um, but I said I know all about Brian Dewar. Um, what a warrior, what a player he was. Uh, won the All Ireland twice uh, as captain for Tyrone, and. It's, it's strange enough uh, joint managers in Gaelic football I think a manager should be a manager he takes the flak he's the one that takes it in the chest takes it in the chin but saying that there um, if if that's the way Throne want to go they, they've went that way I know Peter Donnelly and Joe McMahon's in there as well there's a there's a rife of experience Peter was in last year with a strength and conditioning and he was super and I know talking to a lot of the players they didn't want to see him go. I don't know what the outcome was there. I think it was maybe financial or, or money issues. But at the end of the day, when you've got somebody in your own in your own county as good as Peter Donnelly, that's the ones you want to go for. And Joe McMahon again with experience, he's a great people person. He, he, you know, I, I shared a room with him for maybe seven or eight years. I don't know. I don't think he enjoyed it too much. But <laughs> keeping me right was a, a bit of a, a bit of a problem for him. So if he can keep me right, he can keep anybody right. And um, Mickey then and Gavin Devlin going to Loud. What did you think when you seen that? I thought it was a wind up, to be honest with you. No disrespect to Loud, I thought it was a wind up. I, I think it was on socials, just chatting away and sitting in the house. And it, it flicked up on the screen, and I, I kind of said, No, that's a, that's a wind up. Um, then it, it came through, and a couple of the old players were in a bit of a WhatsApp group, and it started to bing, bing, bing the phone. So, um, saying that there, it's a good challenge for them. I know Mickey's used to working with the best through minors, under 21s, and then eventually the seniors. This is a different sort of challenge, and it just shows the the 
let's just shows you what, what what sort of man he is. He wants he wants that challenge. He he not go for the best all the time. You see, Louth, I think they're now relegated to Division Four. The only way is up for them. So they that's the sort of that's the sort of sort of team he probably is going to have to go for and make them better. Gavin Davin again, he, he seems to be the right hand man for for Mickey, and they seem to work well with each other. They seem to bounce off each other, and that's what it is. You know, I think I'd love to see them do well. You know, it's not often that teams like that get sort of the big managers. And if they can, you know, get up to Division 3, you never know what happens and then the Championship get a bit of a run. Absolutely, if you want to come in there, John. So, Magic Magic Mulligan, you've won four Ulster titles, three All-Irelands, two National League titles and one All-Star. I'm amazed with the amount of All-Stars. I thought you would have had about 10 of them. Uh, sum that up for me, Muggsy. Um, I'd say, first of all, blessed to be in the... the the teams I was on, um, there was great, great characters on them. Um, I know Mickey phoned me. I've always been with Mickey Hart uh, through the Tyrone days, except for probably one year with Eugene McKenna and Art McCrory. That was my first year of seniors. But he gave me a phone call when I was 15 to come into the, the minor setup. It was just after Paul McGarrett passed away with that accident against Armagh. So it was very strange to me. I was coming in uh, to the squad that had already bonded. They were in the... I think it was the Ulster final. They just after winning the Ulster final, so they're in the All Ireland semi final against Kerry. Then Hub Cuse's brother had passed away in a car crash. So it was, it was, as a young lad, fifteen years of age, you're coming into that there, and you're not thinking, you know, what am I doing here? Am I not? Am I good enough? You start to question yourself: Are you good enough to be to be in the actual squad? So at the end of the day, the lads. I remember the lads. That's when I first met Cormac and Al, Kevin Cuse, uh, Brian McGuigan. Just Household throne names, Philly Jordan, just to name a few, a few there, and we seemed to hit it off pretty, pretty good. At the end of the day, they were all winners. They all wanted to win, and we've always took that sort of mantra that it's it's a win at all costs, and that seemed to kind of galvanise us for '98. Uh, I think it was we were beaten the final in '97, we went back and won it in '98. Then we went, we did a double in under 21s and then as you progress to the seniors, you've You've got the, the likes of Brian Doher, Peter Canavan, Chris Long, Jared Cavillan waiting on you. And they had heartbreak in probably 95 when we seen, you know, we, we used to, the Throne senior teams used to go down to Croke Park and get a wallop. And we wanted to bring our success and amalgamate both both sets of the young lads and the, and the seniors together. And we did that. And that was with Mickey Hart as well. He was a serial winner and he uh, kind of installed belief in us. And you'd like, as I said, I mentioned before, Canavan and Lawn there, like them boys had serious heartache year after year going to Croke Park and getting stuffed and down the road with a tail between the legs. Mickey Hart says, no, it's time that we went to Croke Park and stood up for ourselves. And at the end of the day, you, you talk about all Ireland medals and you talk about different things, but it's probably the thing I miss the most is the bond between the lads. And you talk about all-stars, I was never into uh, personal accolades. It was all team with me. And, and that's what it all is. There's no, there's no one man will win you. Uh, an all Ireland, it has to be a team and it has to be a squad. Definitely, and uh, tell us about some of them All Ireland wins. Obviously, the first coming like in two thousand three, like it was, it was probably the start of a very, very kind of strong throne kind of probably domination, maybe Ulster as well. Tell us a little bit, little bit about that old three team, uh, Mugsy. Like it was, it was very strong. It was, it was, uh, it was great to be honest with you. I said we, it was Mickey Hart's first year and. You know, before that there, it was well documented that there was only maybe three or two minors or under-21s that ever made the progression to the seniors. 
when Hart came in, he took the whole bunch. He took about seven or eight of us. Not too sure if we were the best players uh, that he, he picked, but we were winners. We were all winners, and we had we had great mindsets and great mental strength to go on. 2003 was probably the best All-Ireland um, because it was the first. And again, you talk about first. It's always great to be first when you're, you're winning. The first team to do it, the first man from Cookstown to do it. It's just different things they got always entered your head. It was a great, strong Armagh Tyrone rivalry as well. So um, Armagh won it in 2002. And they, I remember sitting in a bar watching the game and them lifting the All-Ireland and, you know, being really, really jealous and saying, we're, we're not a million miles away from them and how come they can do it? That was the sort of the, the drive that we needed, seeing Armagh go down the road and lifting the All-Ireland. And we often talked about it at Trim, you know, how come these boys can do it? How come, you know, other teams can do it and we can't? And when you looked around and you started to train and you started to see the talent, you've seen the Sean Kavnas, the Brian Dewars, the, you know, the Corn McGinnells, as I swear, you know, that was, that's the way it was. And we, we, we amalgamated together and, and we, we cut out goals. Hart didn't say, right, we're just going to win an Ulster title, which probably all our managers would have been satisfied and other teams would have been satisfied to do. He was going the full road, maybe his first year or his last year, that's what he was doing. And I've no doubt he was he was thinking the same before he got, uh, you know, let go. But at the end of the day, 2003, 2005 and 2008, the teams were the teams were brilliant and it was a great time to be a part of it. But as I said, two, 2003, I think, was probably the best. Yeah, yeah. And like, I suppose you're you're alluding to uh, Cormac McAnallan as well there, uh, Owen, like he, you know, probably a legend in GA circles and obviously so massive for Tyrone football over the years. Um, describe what like the impact he had in the dressing room, Owen. Um, I just listened to actually a, a podcast from Brian McWigan and I forgot how influential he was. Um, I remember Brian made a point of, of a 17-year-old uh, or an 18-year-old scolding you because you didn't go to the cone. That's unheard of, you know, and he had that much respect. He was, he was more mature than us. Um, you always had the messers in the team and you always had the bit of crack, but when the training started, we knuckled down and McAnallan was telling you to run to the cone at 17 years of age. He got up to the seniors and he's still maybe 18, but he was telling Brian Duhur and he's telling Peter Canavan, come on, get round, get round the cone. If you don't get round the cone, if you cheat, you'll 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 cheat in a game, you'll let your teammates down. And that's the sort of thing McAnallan was. Um man mountain of a man, you know, before he passed away, he was winning bleep test, he was doing this and doing that. It was a major shock for Troll. It was a setback in 2004. We were going for a double, and we probably used that for as a crutch. We, you know, we all, we probably used that to say, look, you know, we were beat by I think it was Cork maybe, and you know, we shouldn't have been beat, but we used that all. Oh, we had a rough year. We we did this, we did that. McAnallan died. We should, you know, but in 2005 we come back, and even though we didn't say this was McAnallan, we knew rightly it, it was. We never used McAnallan as a second up tool in the dressing room. We just went out and played it, and don't get me wrong, when the Sam Maguire was lifted. It was a great uh, weight lifted off our shoulders in 2005 because it was for that man. We, we we cried in the dressing room. We did this in the dressing room and that's what it was about. But McAnallan, as I said, will always be living in Throne Circus. He'll never forget. As for uh, Paul McGuire and the Miners as well, as I said, I was brought in from, but the the lads speak awful, awful highly of him and the family from Dremore. Um, as I said, I don't really, I didn't really know him personally, but as I said, he's always talked about in Throne Circles when, when, when you go out. And uh, on, like today against Kerry, um, Pat Spillane obviously described it as puke football. But when you attacked Kerry that day, and like 
it wasn't football tactics that you usually seen. What were you thinking as players that day? Um, I think it was probably the game that we wanted because I think if we're going to win in Northern Ireland, you're going to have to beat Kerry, the Dubs, obviously Armagh. We did. They're the big teams you want to you want to beat, and of course it was a fair factor to us. We we were the new kids in the block, and you were sitting watching probably last two years: Tomas O'Shea, Mark O'Shea, Dar O'Shea, Seamus Moynan. You know them boys. You know Mike Frank Russell was playing at the time, like. You're watching them and saying, "Oh, they're they're the best players there." But if you if you're like footballer, footballer, first and foremost, you want to get to Croke Park, and you want to test yourself against the best. And we were coming in there off the back of under twenty one results minors, and it mightn't have been a big deal to anybody else, but we didn't know really how to get beat. And when we were going up against Kerry, and we didn't care who the name was, we were just gonna we were gonna attack them. And I remember we were described as ravenous dogs at the at the sideline. There's a bit of a tackling nine or eight players and stuff, and. We we were we, we Hart didn't Hart didn't prepare us to go out and Paddy Talley didn't prepare us to go out to be you know get overly involved but it was a physical game and I remember Hart saying you have to be psychos for the ball we went for the ball total ball we didn't go for a man all right if you got hit in the middle of it you got hit in the middle of it but at the end of the day it was a massive game for us and a massive stepping stone to say right we can beat the best now bring on our ma but as I said. There, they were some team, and everybody thinks that there was a massive hatred between Kerry and Throne, uh, right up from 2003, right up to you know 2010, whatever it was. There was massive respect there, massive respect to the two teams. I know there's been different articles been said with the Kerry and Throne men. Once you get off the field, it was a, it was a shaking hand match, but you didn't want to drop your yard on it, and you you didn't want to you didn't want to you know look down first because that's that was a weakness and. You know, the two teams always always put out a, a massive game, as for the Armagh lads as well. And, like, that intensity and mentality and belief you brought, like, how do you think that was instilled in the Tyrone teams you played in? Um, again, again, you have to kind of mention Mickey Hart. Um, he's a great man for, th- <laughs> for making you feel 10 foot tall. Um, as I said, it always reminds you of, of Scrappy Doo there. You know, he's small, but, you know, when you go out and take anybody on, you know, that's the way he made you feel. He was, as for as for Paddy Talley, I was a big, massive fan of, of Paddy Talley and his training. Um, he, he he was brilliant that, you know, what if this game goes into extra time? What if this game was played four minutes over, the, you know, the time? What are you going to do? So he, he kind of, he brought that into the training. The training was always right. This is the first half. This is the second half. Right. The games went into five minutes over time. He trained for that. He ran for that. He did that extra run. And that in in your head, you're thinking, right, you're flying fit here. Who is going to take me on? Who you you're going out? You're only after scoring in the next in the last round. So that's the belief you kind of get. Plus the players you had, the defenders. I don't think it's enough credit. It's always the forwards get credit. Who wants to be a defender at the end of the day? You know, you're chasing around. You're, you know, you're somebody's bitch for what an hour. Like that's that's just you know, our defenders were. There's a few of them now were bad articles. Like you know, you have to you have to look at your the race. Say, we could mix it. We could mix it with the best, but they weren't on. Our defenders just didn't mark one man. They marked all around, all zonal. If your man was beat, he would go to you. If somebody else was beat, he'd cover you. That's the way it was with Throne. And um, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen that in the last few years, you know, with that current Throne defenders. They think they pick up a man and that's it. 
and they don't kind of cover for everybody else. And it's and they might they might hate me for saying that, but that's what I kind of see. Everybody compares them to these great winning teams and stuff, and that's kind of the that's that's the pedestal we're on. We can say that we won, we put the medals to prove it. But till Tyrone actually step up and do that and cover each other instead of worrying about you know your single man, then you're you're still going to go out in the, in the quarterfinals and semi-finals of World Ireland. And is that the one big difference you put it between your Tyrone team and the current Tyrone team? Um, I look, we had some of the best forwards as well. You're talking about, I'm talking about defenders there. I don't think you're ever going to replace Sean Kavanagh. I don't think you're ever going to replace Peter Canavan, Steve O'Neill, Brian McGuigan. You know, their boys are replaceable, irreplaceable, and for the current Tyrone teams it's like soccer as well you know you know, the great Man United teams and Man United the minute you're always going to be compared to a successful team is it right for saying no that's not that's not right for doing that and it's right for doing this and do it? you know you're always going to get compared until they win in Northern Ireland or you know get down at the top table consistently all the time then you you compare the both teams this is a great Northern Ireland one team and this is a great Northern Ireland team that's they're going to always have to win or they're always going to have to deal with that unless they win in Northern Ireland and the goal against Dublin, how special was it? Uh, look, every so often it pops his head up on social media and it's a proud moment. I think uh, my mother plays it back every day uh, in, in the house, <laughs> so she does. But no, look, I it's well documented that I was having a really bad season. I, I was injured at the very start of it. Um, I wasn't getting in, uh, on the team. Um, I was been, Once I got on the team against Monaghan, I think it was in the quarterfinal, I was substituted. So I definitely says myself, right, this is, and then I got the shock of my life and heart says, right, you're going in against Dublin. Um, but I was having a bad game. I was, I was been took off. I was been subbed. And I think it was, uh, again, well documented that Canavan was coming on and he says to keep me on. So I probably owe it to him for having a wee word in Mickey's ear. But as I said, I need to do something and, and that's what I did. Um, if that's what you're going to be remembered for, I, I don't I don't really mind because um, you get recognised even even over in London here, you could recognise the people shaking your hand coming up and saying, "Oh, great goal!" So you could be re- recognised for something far worse. And like you expressed yourself, obviously with the dummy to the two Dublin defenders, but like, how did you even think of doing the dummy at that occasion? Just watching, just watching different players when I was growing up. I, I often did that dummy, the fist dummy, and probably the solo dummy, and dropping the shoulder was probably. Uh, what I used playing clubs. I know Stephen Conway used to do it in their own club, and I liked watching players. I actually liked watching Peter Canavan when I was growing up and going to club games. And if you can watch that, and it's all about you know what can you take off different players and what can you you know kind of relate to them. And like if you pick up a move from somebody or seen somebody doing something, you'd go back and I had the post. I was like any other child. I had the post at the back of the garden and. You know, once you watch the Gaelic match, you were going out and pra- practicing and, and commentating to yourself, giving, you know, telling, you know, you're putting the ball over the bar and, and practicing goals and, you know, commentating on your best players and stuff. I was no different. And, um, you know, you're taking the ball to, to chapel with you on a Sunday. Like, like that's that's what all I did. I was football mad growing up and, you know, to make that transition. So it was, as I said, it was a dream come true and I was very lucky to be a part of such a great team. But, you know, you always practice them dummies as, you, as you, a child, and you know, in club games, and if they come off, you look, you look brilliant. But if if they don't come off, you look uh, pretty stupid. So, uh, lucky, lucky uh, they come off a couple of times now for me. 
And you mentioned Peter Canavan. What was it like him being your teacher in secondary school? Um, <laughs> how long have you got? How long have you got? <laughs> just, look, I'd say Canavan knows us already. We're 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 good. We're good friends still. I thank God. Um, it was strange. I wouldn't, as I said earlier on, I wouldn't really have been in man for the books. I was all about the football and loved the football and nothing would get in the way of football, not even education. And my mother knew that too. Like she, you know, when it was exam time, I was jumping out the window down the field and away for, for, for nets and goal for goals and stuff. Um, I couldn't concentrate. My concentration levels wasn't the best when it was with a match that evening. And I think Peter Canavan knew that further down the line, six months into the year, he knew that there was no point. So don't get me wrong, he's my form teacher and he looked out for me and it was pretty strange him teaching me for two years and then me going and playing senior football with me. But at the end of the day, um, we seemed to hit it off pretty well. But as a, as a, as a end of the school in Holy Trinity College, I think I, I give him a couple of uh, sleepless nights. Was there ever much winding up playing with him in the back of the classroom around him? Oh no, no! See, I left that year. I left that year. We 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 played, but he managed. We actually we had a great school team, and we we won the All Ireland vocational schools. And he was the manager, so uh, there was some of them boys actually uh, made the Tyrone set up too. Gavin Devlin was one of them. He was centre back, so um, it was great luck. I know he, we we tortured him in the school, but when I when I got out of school and uh, onto the the pitch, we had massive respect for each other, and that's I suppose that's what it's all about. You want to come in there, John? Yeah, we've touched on Mickey Hart, and if you mind, I might read a, just a quote from an article I was reading earlier on. Uh, Owen's disciplinary record became a talk point in 2007, having been sent off from the 2007 National League and allegedly dropped uh, from team manager Mickey Hart during the campaign for not showing up due to work commitments. Owen, what was the story at that time? Um, I think it might have been working in Dublin. So it might have been. Um, there's one thing about Hart. He was ruthless. He was ruthless. And see, when you get injured... Um, it was a low time probably in your career. And all the other boys will say this, the Brian Doers, the Brian Wiggins. Hart wouldn't really go over to you and say, you're all right, but you probably needed a shoulder, you know, a, an arm around your shoulder to say that. That's the only thing I would say is man management skills wouldn't have been that, uh, you know, wouldn't have been up there with the best. You know, sometimes you need the shoulder around you and, and the arm around the shoulder and, and things like that. And, you know, He'd left, he would have left it to the physios and the, the men, the, the assistant managing enough to do that. And then when he needed you, he'd pounce. I suppose that was his way of doing it. So I know I got injured a couple of times. And then I know I probably drunk, uh, broke a couple of drink bands and stuff. And then there was a couple of incidents that happened. And he hurt, would have took none of it. And he would have dropped you. I think there was a few dropped um, that year. And, and you know, it's... If you want to, if you want to be in a winning team, you have to be disciplined. And unfortunately, a couple of us boys weren't, and that's that's the way it was. A couple of messers, and look, as I said, we enjoyed ourselves. But when it comes to the semi-finals and Northern Ireland finals, I'd say he'd the last laugh because you're itching to get on there, and you can't get on, even though you probably think you're better than some of the boys you, that was on the team. He still didn't put it in the training, and I know 2008, that was probably my biggest regret of my career. I, I didn't put it in the full year. I, I hit the self-destruct button, me and Raymond Mulgrew, and instead of going to trainings, we were in South Armagh and different pubs and stuff, having the crack, and, you know, it's it's not till you get to the business end of the, the championship that you really, really regret that, and you're, you look at the team sheet and you're saying, like, out of them six forwards, I'm probably 
I could probably do a better job than the probably the four that's on there. But you know, you can't say that because them boys put the work in, them boys are scoring freely, and you're running around trying to get a breath of training because you were in the rip the, the night before. You know, so you just have to, you just have to live with it, and that's probably the regret. And Hart was ruthless enough just to, to chop you, and he, he wouldn't have think, he wouldn't have thought twice. It's interesting you mentioned the kind of man, man management skills as well, Owen. Like, um, I know I always reference like the maybe the stress and maybe the seriousness of the game these days, Owen. Like, you know, is there something to be said to maybe let lads? We we're talking Aaron Condon there from Crossing Glen last week. Like, is there a bit of wriggle room to let lads out for a few points after a game, or has it just got too serious? Without doubt, lads. Without doubt, um, I know after every game, I would have been out for a pint, maybe been club. Or county. I loved going out with the lads, talking about the game. Oh, this man did this. He did that. Did you see the point? Did you see this? That's a part of football. That's a part of Gaelic life when you go out and have, you know, a bit of crack with the lads. But don't get me wrong. No, it's not. It's not for everybody. Everybody doesn't drink. Everybody doesn't make a pint. You know, it's not. But you know, I've been in club matches and I've went out with lads that don't drink it, but they still want to go over and talk to you and have the bond. And but you know, you're seeing. You're seeing people's Instagrams there after every match. They're probably in cooling down and in the weight session the next day. I know from 2003 to 2005, 2008, 2002, 2003 and 2005, we were on a rip after the throne games, uh, the Monday Club, we called it. But 2008, you could see it coming. You could see it coming. Um, if you weren't starting that day, you drove to the Carrick deal and you had to do an interval run for 32 minutes. Um, that's and of course in 2008 I wasn't playing and I absolutely hated that because the boys were in the pool in the jacuzzi giving you the wave while you were in thir- th- doing 32 minute run sprints on the treadmill it was maybe 15 years doing it but we all did it and that's when I started to think right this is getting serious now this is the enjoyment's out of it you know you sh- should we should we really be doing this and it didn't really suit me the whole the whole nut bottom the way I've did probably years previous, and as as the years went on, I probably didn't start to enjoy it as much as uh, I probably did the years out uh, before that, and that's probably led to the end, you know. Yeah, I like. I suppose we can we can touch in two thousand eight, like unbelievable win against Kerry in the All Ireland final, and God, I can always remember uh, Brian Dewar's point along the sideline, beating O'Shea and going up going up the line, like a special day for the county. Owen, I'm presuming you would love to be starting that day. Without doubt, without doubt, and it's maybe a bit, bit of a selfish streak in me, but that medal doesn't really mean uh, as much as the other two before that. And again, people are going to maybe say, oh, he's a selfish just and savage that, but that's probably the high standards I probably set for myself. I know in later years, um, I remember coming down the tunnel and thinking I'll never be, I'll never feel like this again because I'll I'll never put myself in this position. And either I did, I think I started the rest of the championship games right up till I was 31, and then that's when... Um, the throne career ended but it just was a it was great at the time um, I remember the banquet I celebrated as if I got man of the match uh, you know <laughs> I enjoyed myself but deep down I was thinking you know should I really be doing this should I really be dancing on top of this table but that's that was a, that was all a part of it um, but as I said it's it's tough you think you're you think you're the big man going out and breaking the bands and then when it comes to the business end that's when you, you really hurt and think I shouldn't have did that and on, is there a sense of regret that you finished your career at 31? Do you feel you had a few more years in you? Um, without doubt, without doubt, um, 
I think I was young. It's young enough now. I think I had plenty more football with me. Uh, County-wise, I'd say I had another two to three years left. But as I said, I wasn't really a man for sitting on the bench. And I think when you come to that sort of 33, 34, you have to kind of evaluate and think, right, I'm going to have to sit on the bench here because the younger lads are probably the legs and you need to kind of do, you know, and that wasn't probably for me. I remember getting the phone call from one of the local papers to say I wasn't wasn't included in the, the, the league uh, or the Mechanic Cup uh, tournament, which I didn't really mind because I hated Mechanic Cup anyway. I didn't really mind that. It was a warm-up cup and you'd always have a few extra pounds on over Christmas and you come on, you're marking some student and him frosting at the mouth to get at you. So I didn't really mind, but then when it come to when it come to the league, when it come to the league and I wasn't in the panel, and other players were coming to me saying, "Why are you not in here? Why are you not? You need to ring that man." And maybe I was been stubborn, and Mickey has been stubborn. I didn't ring him, and my my thought was, me being a joiner, if you wanted somebody to hang a door, you wouldn't ring him. You'd ring you'd ring the man to say, "Here, can you hang a door for me?" So that was that was my sort of mantra on that. And like there was people like Joe McMahon, Stevie Neal coming ringing me saying, right, ring that man. And I probably should have pick up, picked up the phone uh, in hindsight because we were, beating the, or we were beating the league final by a point by Dublin in the National League that year. And then Mayo beat us in the semi-final, I think. And I think the lads had come on, you know, all it needed was somebody to buy a foul. All it needed was some of a bit of experience. And... I thought maybe I was probably the man to do that and, and I didn't phone the man and probably have a bit of regret about that too but so that's life and said probably me and Mickey probably didn't speak for a couple of years after that but I tried to hold a grudge and tried to hit the man and tried to hit Tyrone but it was impossible um, when you love the county so much and you have massive respect for, for Mickey Hart you can't that only lasts that only lasts a few years and I've seen different men and different uh, captains falling out with players and falling out with managers You've always you've always uh, reunion nights, and what are you going to do? Sit across the room from them? That's it's. I think that's bullshit. You have to go and, and you know whatever happened then. It's, it's all football. It's not personal. And like going on to play with London um, in the Connacht Championship, what was that experience like? Uh, I probably shouldn't have done it. I probably shouldn't have done it. Um, the animal got the better off me inside, and I thought I was probably fit enough to do it. It was county football, and I was only in. I only started training with London eight, probably eight weeks, eight weeks. Um, oh, sorry, six weeks before that, the lads were at a probably higher level. Probably expect me to come in and do this and do that and run the field, and I was never doing that. I was thirty, I think I was thirty-six. I tried to use a bit of experience, a bit of craft, but I remember saying to myself on the pitch after it, I wish I had a probably come three years earlier. And, you know, there's big crowds out in Rouse, but it was, it was great. It was a great day out, but it's only a better day out if you, if you win the game. And we didn't. We were beat by a point and then, a, uh, I think, three points by Carlo. But the lads were, I met some great lads, great from all parts of the county and then the English lads as well. Um there's, there's a couple of clinkers coming through there for, for London and stuff. So, um, I loved I loved playing. I look, don't get me wrong. It's probably a wee bit of regret. Maybe maybe I should know and then maybe I should have. But look, it was a great experience. But, um, I went over went over to work and I'm still here and I played for Fulham Irish and we won the championship in the first year and that was that was great times. I, I loved I loved that that year out. I loved the year away from. Uh, Cookstown Fire Ox to get my, my, my head away because I think they were probably sick Cookstown Fire Ox were probably sick of me and my 
same voice hearing over and over and over again about doing this and doing things right and doing this and you know sometimes you need a break and sometimes other players need a break from from your voice and I went over to Fulham and the lads welcomed me with open arms and we, we won the championship it was great and would like when you were playing with London was there a massive gap do you feel compared to playing in Ulster Championship um Kieran Daly was the manager and I thought he I thought he was brilliant to be honest with you he was brilliant with me and brilliant with players I think he was probably looking he was looking more uh what can I say looking more facilities that wasn't there from the county borders kind of pulling one way he was pulling this way so it's strange like London should be doing a lot lot better there's a lot of money in London uh, facilities are poor Roystop's probably the best pitch but the rest of the pitches you play on are poor surely that shouldn't be the case when you're in a city London money shouldn't be no object I know what's Gillick here we're talking about but all you need is the right investor all you need is a sponsor everybody knows a rich Irish man over here you're playing on bad pitches. I don't think it gets the exposure it deserves. Like you know, as I said, there's always Irish over here working, working flat out. Why, why would you not go and play Gaelic over here? Why would you not go and play GA? It's her, it's her game. The hurling's big over here. The guy is just all right. I think it can get better. But as I said, till there's a lot of money invested. I know McAleer and Russia sponsored the, the championship this year and, and and last year, but they need big hitters like that there. And I thought, I think. Kieran Daly's hands were tied probably behind his back at some times, but he still wanted the same thing as every other manager. He still wanted to win. His preparation was brilliant. Um, you know, it's, you, you can only you can only put the fifteen players out in the field. You can't the manager can't make them play. So it was probably players' fault at at, at uh, we lost in the end. But uh, as for preparation, as for you know getting your team sorted out and getting living organised. He was a great man, and a, a massive respect for him uh, phoning me and coming coming and asking me into his squad. And you went into management with Fulham Irish. How did you find the jump into management? Um, I stopped playing. Um, I played one more year, but I knew the I knew the injuries were catching up, and it was it was getting tougher, to be honest with you. And and a few of the lads asked me uh, on the QT, would I go in and when tick tick the team, and then the committee coming to me and and. And says you know they uh, asked me again what I what I would think about it and I wasn't really I wasn't really thinking about going into management at that time so I've always made it a part of uh, my life to say I'll go into management sometime but I think it maybe come a bit too early so I think it's maybe harder to manage a team that you played with as well the lads that you played with for for two years but. I cut all ties with them, so I did. I cut. I, I didn't go out for a beer with them. I, I stopped. I did it to, as professional. I cut. I did it to, with the way managers have treated me, you know, in my own club with John McKeever and, and Chris Lawn, and then like other managers you, you've been managed on under was Mickey Hart, Brian McEnough, Joe Kernan, you know, different boys they got, and you always take a wee pinch of everything, and you you hope you hope you do well with them. You hope you you know you can try and you know win things. We got to the final of the championship. We were winning by six points. Uh, should we have won? I probably made a couple of mistakes in the line. I went for the went for the juggler, and it went it went uh, kind of pear shaped, and we we get bit by a point. But as again, I can't blame players. I take full responsibility of, of that defeat. But um, I'll say one thing: the referee made a shocker of a decision in the first half, and I'm still not forgiven for it. And. Have you ever thought about going into inter-county management? 
I think I have to start down, I wouldn't say low, but I was offered a few jobs back in Throne uh, the last couple of weeks and again flattered with them, one senior club, three intermediate and a, and a couple of juniors. So uh, I have to start, I, I know myself, been over with Fulham Irish and um, I thought it was tough kind of keeping everybody on board, kind of, you know, some players you have to kind of put the arm around, some players you have to get get in their heads and I don't mind doing that there, I don't mind, you know, pushing players and I don't mind using the experience that I had, all right, you know, if you're a manager, you can kind of relate to yourself, I've been a cancer of a team, I've been the one kind of frigging about and messing about, but I've also been probably one of the better players in the team, so you have to kind of keep both balances, so if you can manage, if you can do that, you know, if not every player is going to like you, you know, I have no problem with that either, I'm not kind of here to make friends, you know, that sort of way, that's the way you have to come across, but if you have a team kind of dying for you for the full 60, 70 minutes in, you're in the pig's bag, you're, you're only after seeing uh, Calvin beat Donegal there in Ulster Championship, every one of them lads died for, for Mickey Graham, like they, they were unbelievable, it was one of the best games I've seen in a long time, and when you've got teams dying for a manager, it has to work both ways. So, you know, as I said, if I can get a team, maybe take a team in a couple of years' time, it would do that. You don't know where you could go. And um, just before, I suppose, we touched on the matches, uh, some great days for your own club, Cookstown. Many days. Probably, probably days that I never thought I would ever see. It was unbelievable. And... Um, club still talks about it 2010 and 2014 again I've always said even though a captain 2014 I always said that 2010 was the best because it was it was the it was the first one it was uh, Cookstown had had never kind of went to them heights before Chris Lawn had just come in he was a young manager he had only started but the lads had utmost respect for him and to go on and win probably an intermediate championship and then go on and win Ulster and then just it was just a roller coaster you never knew where you could go and I'll say this Cookstown there's a few lunatics in Cookstown and we weren't supposed to do this and see when you get you know people saying oh you can't do this and you can't do that and you trying to prove them wrong that's that's what you want and we, we went on and won the North Ireland it was it was one of the best times of my life to be honest with you there, there was the, the crack around the club 2014 with John McKeever and again he was a young manager and we went all the way. I think 2014 were probably the harder teams to play than 2010 but me being me I don't think we should have been down there. We should have been senior football competing but again we took the easy way out and we were relegated a couple of years before, after 2010 but as I said it's it's a massive achievement for a club to win two yard Irelands and it's a it's a it's years that you'll never forget. I think Cookstown at the minute they're playing junior football and they're way, way back from doing anything like that again at the minute. And the players in their disposal. If you want to come in there, John, maybe about semi finals. Yeah, well, just, just before we touch on the semis, um, Owen, like I mentioned, just talk about Fulham Irish. Like I know, um, to I think it's like David Gavney, Lorcan Mulvey, I think Davy Conley as well. I, I know him. Like, it's a, it's, it's obviously a special enough club up there in London, Owen. It's a massive club. I didn't know how big it was till I come into it. Don't get me wrong, there's no airs or graces about you and I come walking in and I was giving sticks straight away and that's the way it should be. Um, I was only coming in to play uh, to play one season. I ended up staying, staying three because it was a part of me then. And I think if you come to London and you go to Fulham, 
and it kind of grabs a hold of you because the lads are that's you know they're serious about their football, but then they love the crack as well. And I was glad to play with big Largan Mulvey, you know, players they got big givers as well, class act. Um, is he is he not on the squad at the minute? Was he asked to go into the squad or what was that? I, I I heard he was, but he didn't he didn't go really. No, he hasn't been. He hasn't played for Cavan since 2016. He's an outrageous footballer, Owen. Oh man, he 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 totally bossed over here. Already had a couple of injuries here, but he was exceptional. I went into to I loved playing with him. He was a great target man. And then when I went into manage, he gave me everything. To be honest, he he gave me everything. And um, to be pipped in the to be pipped in the the championship final by Tyrone Gales, I think it took it out of him as well because. You know, to win a senior championship, that's what that's what people kind of thrive for. And as I said, the lads give me everything. I, I couldn't I couldn't fault any of the Fulham Irish boys. Um, all right, with same sort of thing with a few rule breakers and, and boys they got. But you learn to manage that from your own experience. But I was honoured honoured to take them. Um, as again the, the COVID come in there and and the whole thing went pear shape and I had to go home and that's that's why the only reason why it, it, it didn't. But I know Aidan Salvo and Antrimon, he was. Uh, on the backroom team with me, and he he gave me everything as well, an absolute football man as well, and Big Maguire, and boy, just different boys they got. You know, you'll always keep in touch with them boys, and I think you know if any any players coming to London, it's it's the for I know if you used to Conal Gales winning championships as well, and there's other team, teams will, will say, oh, we're the club, but Fulham Irish, you know, are, are top top people from top to bottom, and, and I was glad that I ended my career there. All-Ireland semi-final weekend, Owen. Um, the mighty Cavan playing Dublin and you've Mayo with tip on Sunday. What's the predictions? Oh, lads, lads, lads. Um, look, I can't see us beating the Dubs, to be honest with you. I can't. Uh, Dublin are a different level to, to anybody else. Um, do, you, do you kind of think you have a chance, do you, or what's the story? Oh, I'm go. I'm not Cavan. Yeah, Paul's Galway. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's so hard to know, Owen. Like like I was saying last night, like I think, like it's it's we've nothing to lose. I don't think Dublin really know much about us, and like we obviously know all about them. And I think we've we don't have we're not a world beating team. We're just a team of hard workers, and I think we actually can give Dublin a good test. You know, will I, we win? I'm not sure. But I would love to see it. I would love. To I see absolutely. It. Yeah. And Dublin been took out of their comfort zone. Sorry, lads, you lost it. Did I lose you there? No. Oh, you yeah. Can you hear me? Aye. Yeah, I'll yeah. go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Dublin been took out of their comfort zone, been knocked back. We haven't really seen it in year, you know, a couple of years, whatever. I got the shock of my life. I think everybody got the shock of their lives when Calvin came out and played the way they did against uh, uh, Donegal. I didn't think they had that sort of game in their locker. Do you know what I mean? They hit the thing it moved. And as the game went on, you could kind of see Donegal and Shell Shock saying, what is going on here? Now, they kind of need to do that as well. They need to do that against Dublin. But they need to do it, they need to do it from start to finish. It can't it can't go on. And Dublin, Dublin grind you down, grind you down, grind you down. And in the last 20 minutes, it's bang. And that's when the embarrassment scores come in. Now, we don't want another kind of stuffing match of 15, 16, 17 points. That's what Dublin do. And hopefully, hopefully, Calvin can stay in the game. That's the main objective, to stay in the game. Stay in the game the first half. Just get everything out of your head except the first half. Now, some of the scenes when Calvin won that was unbelievable. I, I tweeted there, I was like watching Lassie. 
um, Mickey Mickey Graham's speech. Jesus Christ, the whole thing in tears. Um, Galligan's uh, speech as well. So that's what it means to the, the Calvin lads. That's what it means. And if you've got everybody, I mentioned earlier on before there, if you have everybody singing the same same hymn sheet and you're dying for the manager, look, that's the way it goes. I'm not saying Calvin, you know, I'm not saying Calvin are, are going to win or anything, but they need to stay in the game, and that's that's the main thing. Absolutely. Um, like for Calvin this weekend, how do they set up against Dublin? Because like we see me pushing up, Cluston hits the ball long, Conor Gallon picked him out from the clouds. Yeah. yeah. Um. It's it's crazy, you, you know. One one minute you're pushed up, and then the next you're blanking defence. Then they just come at you like the red arrows, bang, 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 goal. It's like skip the victory and tally. You know what I mean? It's just everything goes that way, and it's hard to know. I know Graham's got a great head on him for beating big teams, uh, so he needs to come up with a master plan to do this. I I don't think he can go all defensive against the Dubs. To me, like. <laughs> Dublin are winning that much. You don't rack it. You don't realise that Dublin are defensive. They pull everybody back too. But the amount of time, the break and sixes, and they've that many options coming off the shoulder. If Calvin can do something like that there, but the superior fitness kind of comes into it as well. Dublin are flying fit. Calvin, that, that, Ulster, that Ulster Championship will bring Calvin on so much. Like, what are the, what are the uh, Monaghan, Down, and Donegal? Was that right? Yeah. Like, Dublin had a counter. Have they been tested yet? They haven't. So that's the, this is the only kind of hope we have here that uh, Calvin are battled hardened, championship battled hardened, and they're going into this game full of, full of enthusiasm. You know, they, did they want the game outside of Croke Park? Of course they did, because, you know, we don't know what Dublin are like outside Croke Park. They played, Oma, they played in Throne and Oma. But at the end of the day, you got to test yourself. And I said, I just don't want it to be a... a a 16 to 20 point uh, loss for Calvin after the year they have. And even in Leinster, I think personally, like these teams before they even play Dublin in the Leinster Championship, you'd have to say they're beaten before they even play them. Teams are beaten before they go out and play Dublin. You're totally right. You're totally right. Give us something. Like if you, like, you know, if you're going to battle or you get into the play a match, you have to give us something. As soon as the first goal goes in, bang, head down. And it's a complete embarrassment for the county. It's a complete embarrassment to everybody. And they're just watching the game. Like I watched that Mead game. Everybody thought, oh, Mead's going to give these game these boys a game. It was it was terrible to watch. You know, it's just it's not it's it's not the players' fault. It's not. It's just the players are that step above everybody. They've been playing for a long time. The bench be run, and they're <laughs> the bench just be you know as good as the boys are there. So look, we heard about this blue wave coming in two thousand and three, and we laughed. 2005, he still laughed. And 2008, it was coming. And then, bang, look what's happened. So don't be laughing at them because they've been around a long time. You're there, John. Yeah, geez, I totally agree with that. And geez, I can only, only hope, for, hope for the best, I suppose. And would you be looking at an upset maybe in the Mayo Tipperary game, Owen? No, I fancy Mayo as well, to be honest with you. I fancy Mayo as well. They're my kind of, I said at the very start of the year that, that, that uh, or sorry, sorry, the very start of COVID that they would they would get into the All Ireland final. Now everybody's kind of saying, oh, Dublin kind of fear the likes of uh, Mayo, and I don't think they do, to be honest. I don't think they do. Like, can you imagine Mayo getting the final and then beat again? Like, Jesus Christ, they're 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 a crazy outfit. But I would love to see, I would love to see Mayo out of everybody win win an All Ireland just for the, the players that have the shares and. You know, 
boys like that there. It's just, it's crazy. But I, I still fancy Mayo. I still think they're going well. They're grinding out results. And, you know, you look at the tip there, you look at a rear and come back, great boosts them. But I just think it maybe it's one step too much for them. They're a great monster title win there. But I think I think Mayo will, will use their experience and get over the line. Absolutely, yeah, and we're, geez, we're buzzing for the games this weekend. And I suppose, Owen, to even wrap up, so uh, you had a glittering career. Who would have been the best player you played with and who would have been the um, best player you played against? Um, I'm going to have to say Peter the Great, probably the best player I played with, um, just for his his vision, his actual scoring as a captain. You know, you know, you never come across him. Them sort of players, once in a blue moon, you, that's what you do. You know, you, you see these players coming into your career, and from watching them as a as a lad and looking up to them to actually playing with them was was brilliant. And um, everybody forgets, Canavan could have mixed it as well for the season. He could have mixed it. He was he was a he was a hurry boy, and he was you know he would have got an, involved and in a, in a tackle if you, you knew he was in, you were in a you're a game with Canavan. But I'd say it was it's just overall presence on the pitch you kind of give everybody a, a lift you know his later years coming on heart probably brought him on and off and just a boost to give to the whole county so I don't think you'll ever see a, a, a player like Peter Canavan again and I was fortunate enough to play for him um, best player I played against it would uh, Francie Bellew probably up there as well difficult marker was one of them and probably Niall McCusker from Derry I've always said but it's a great battles with him Um but I said, probably me and Niall would have marked each other in, in first rounds of championships and, and second rounds of championships. But I'd say it would have to be Bellevue because of you're marking them in Ireland semi-finals and Ireland finals so, so you could test yourself more. But Bellevue probably would have got the better of me in 2003 in the final. He kept me scoreless, only scored two uh, free kicks. But um, in 2005, I think I got my own back in the semi-finals. So we marked each other in a couple of league games and I got feisty and tasty. So... Um, again, there's massive respect there, but I think Francie Bellew is probably one of the toughest. And just to look into the future, Owen, as well, like, what would be the plan like, to remain in London for a couple of years? So what are you thinking? Um, well, I've a job here in London. It's going well with JJ Radigans and, you know, appreciate the work in this, in this current climate. There's people uh, losing their jobs and I, I've still got a job. So it's great. Just uh, with the bar in Cookstown and the bar in Liverpool, it's 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 crazy times because they're closed. Um I know we we opened opened there for a gap of two months and it was it was really really good. Uh, pleased to see all the punters back in for for pints and watching watching the game. That's what it's all about. That's what I'm trying to do with it with the you know the whole GA theme and the whole GA bar. But you know you just can't gauge it. I'd say we'll open December if you even get open December and then we're closed again. I'd say in January. So I know COVID's a massive thing and but people like to get to get out and about and get out for a pint and I'm no different as well like it's it's hard but as I said it's it's in certain times and, and nobody kind of knows what's going to happen so as I said I'm here for the foreseeable and, and that's that's where I'm staying you know perfect absolutely thanks a million for your time on Monday no